Hey, you wonderful listeners. I'm Kayla Jackson, and thank you for tuning in to Clearing It Up, the podcast. This is a podcast that shatters the glass on the assumed reality of the people we idolize. From influencers to cultural icons, I am interviewing them to uncover what their life is really like, not just the highlights that we see on social media. So sit back, put your headphones on, or turn up your speakers, and listen to me talking to these amazing people. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm sitting in front of a strong, independent woman who is a mogul in the fashion and media industry. Not to mention, she is also a model and professor. I'm so excited to be chatting with Claudia Capalbo today. Welcome to the show, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. So how are you? How's life right now? I'm doing well. You know, we're uh, getting along as best as we can with this pandemic now that we're starting to see a little bit of the light. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the opportunities that are going to be happening over the next little while now that they've uh, lifted some of the restrictions. So it's a good thing. I mean, it is a good thing. It's kind of great to feel alive again. But I got to say, I got to mention your hair right now is so pretty. (laughs) I mean, I'm just sitting there with my hair just brushed, but yours is like in beautiful braids. Like, oh my God, who am, I'm standing right and I'm just, wow. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? I have to thank our sponsors that do our sponsorship for FGI because we have some really great um, beauty sponsors. And so they provide me with product. So I use a lot of their products. So Brand with a Heart and Orbe are like my go-tos and they've got some amazing premium products. So thank you. Well, I have to, I'll have to make a note of that and see if I can do some kind of braids. I mean, I'm not very good at them, but I'll try. I'm sure it look amazing on you and your hair looks great. You look thank great. You. <laughs> so right now, Claudia is on fire. She is like taking the world by storm and she's, you know, having been a senior account manager at Flair Magazine, Hello and Lulu for seven years I mean, Claudia, how has that changed your perspective on the media world? I mean, you see what goes in, what gets out, you know, did you think, oh my God, the media industry is so amazing when you first started there and you're like, maybe there's a different agenda going on. Well, you know, it's interesting because when I, you know, saw the job opportunity at Flair, I was so excited because I loved Flair magazine. It was a magazine that I actually subscribed to. So I was getting in my mailbox every month. So I knew the content. I knew all the features in there. So when the opportunity came up, it was like, you know, what you see in Devil's Wear Prada. It's like, I want that job. I just, I want to work for an amazing magazine. And so I really tried very hard to get the job. And so when I got it, I was super excited and uh, worked in that industry for seven years, like you mentioned. And, you know, it's, it's a wonderful experience because you really get to see the intricacies of how it works. So, you know, I worked with the editorial team. I had some phenomenal clients that I worked with, like, you know, Elizabeth Arden and Estee Lauder and L'Oreal and Procter and Gamble and so on and Michael Kors. So there's some really great big brands that I worked with and just being able to come up with really cool content. So it's amazing to see the transition from print, which now you don't see so much of anymore. No, yeah. Now everything is on social media and on digital platforms, be it being able to create that content, but now on a different platform. And so the one thing that I've learned is like media is really fast and you have to keep up with with um, the transition and the transformation of where it goes next. And you always have to be, you know, really your finger on the pulse of, of what's happening in that industry um, first and foremost, but also what's happening in terms of where are people getting their content and information. So, you know, obviously social media back then when I was there was, wasn't as on fire as it is now, but when you see how much it's grown so quickly, you realize, you know, the power of media. Well, it seems like you're on top of it. I mean, 
you know everything that's going on and you know your your track record your success in all those you know amazing campaigns and all it's just awesome so yeah. I mean I mean obviously your boss was nothing like Meryl Streep right from the devil was Prada. no the only thing I can tell you that was really similar is that there was a book there was a black book and every issue that would come out, we would all gather in the boardroom and we would get this black book and it had all of the loose pages. And our job was to go through it to make sure that all of our clients' pages were done properly, that the editorial looked good, that there was, you know, everything was a six, you know, six page separation, if that's what they required between certain brands. So we just, that's what we did. And once we all signed off on the book, then it went to the publisher and uh, for final sign off and then to the printer. So that was the only similarity, but no, I was, I was lucky enough to have some really amazing um, bosses. So it was a really great experience. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad you didn't uh, end up like uh, Anne Hathaway's character because yeah. that would have been very interesting. Hello. <laughs> uh, so you're the regional director of Fashion Group International. Fashion Group International. So it has been around uh, 63 years, I think now. And um, we have, it's actually a global organization. So it's based out of New York. That's the headquarters, but there's 26 chapters all over the world in seven different countries. So I had the Toronto division of Fashion Group International. Wow. How does one, you know, become the head of that <laughs> chapter? Well, you know, it's actually interesting because you and I both know Roger. And so Roger was the one that actually introduced me to Fashion Group International. He was the regional director at the time. And um, he was the one that actually brought me on board as a member first. And then afterwards, I was actually on his board of directors. And then when he was stepping down because his term was uh, done, I actually said to him, you know, I'd be really interested to take over your role. And he said, well, you know, I'll be done by the end of the year. So you can, if you'd like. And so I requested to be that. It got voted in by New York and by all of the board of directors. And then I just uh, took over in January of 2020. Good old Roger always coming to help us. That guy is the network whisperer. I'm telling you. He's great. He's awesome. Yeah, he is. He's amazing. Well, you go, girl. I mean, getting (laughs) voted in like from the U.S., like, wow. Wow. And being surrounded by the most beautiful and unique clothes every single day. I mean, that's so awesome. I mean, I would kill for that because I am such a fashion fanatic, but, you know, sitting at home in quarantine, you know, you can't put on, you can't put on a home fashion show all the time. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So your job is encompassed by fashion. What is one thing that you would change in the fashion industry? Because, you know, there are always things that industries can change. And I feel like the fashion industry has had its ups and downs and had had its uh views um but and I think it's just trying to change I think it's like kind of going in through a change a little bit with more plus size models and more you know expressive fashion but what, what would you change honestly I think for me uh and I think one thing that we've all learned over this last year with this pandemic is when you know when the world shut down and all the factories and um companies all stopped and paused for the months that they did while we started to get this pandemic under control, you notice the effect that it had on the environment. So I think if anything we've learned, it's really to be respectful of our environment and our mother earth, to be more sustainable, to not buy excess or fast fashion. If we can invest in good solid quality pieces that will be able to stay in our wardrobe for long-term or being able to repurpose a lot of the things that we do have. I think, uh, you know, and being able to shop secondhand for example, like anything to be able to avoid 
products and uh, pieces to go into to um, dumping landfills and uh, all over the world, um, and also to try to eliminate the mass production of things. So I think it, that's, if anything, has really opened our eyes and allowed us to educate ourselves a little bit more on sustainable and eco-friendly clothing. Well, I mean, that's that's really great. Uh, definitely, we have one world and we got to take care of it. But that'd be interesting to see where that goes in the next couple of years. You know, people who've like found art, you know, recycled art. I wonder what's uh, what that's going to happen in the fashion, like recycled bottle clothing or something like that. I don't know, something interesting. Like well, and, you know, it's funny that you say that because we have a great designer. Her name is Pandina Bundar. She uh, actually did our Art of Fashion event. So we did an event through FGI in February called Art of Fashion. And one of the things that we did was bring in designers that created wearable art. And one of the things that um, Pandita did she, that she's fantastic in is she's taking recycled plastic and creating beautiful like flowers that were motifs on dresses and um, doing cut out like netted designs with plastics and such. So it's amazing what you can create with recycled materials. And uh, I really think you're gonna see a lot of that in growth in that industry. I think a lot of gender neutral clothing and also I think from a designer perspective, you know, all these designer houses and labels were churning out so many different collections every year. And uh, the timing of it just didn't make sense for their business. So stuff would sit on the shelves longer and then they'd have to discount. Retailers would have to discount and they'd end up losing money. So now people are just creating things based on the seasons and based on their timing, um, not based on you know what the protocol is in the industry. So I think that's starting to see a, a big change as well. It makes it makes complete sense. Um, if, yeah, if anything is 2020 taught us is that we can't always rely on what we did before. Yes, um, the, the protocols, there should be thrown out the window. There should be none. <laughs> like going forward through life, I, I even say this on my podcast, like, you know, throw the book out. Do yeah. your own thing. Rewrite the whole rules. The, the form of this podcast is to throw out the protocol of seeing your famous celebrities, uh, their highlights, because that's the only thing that they're showing you. Throw that out. Let's see the reality because nobody's doing it. Absolutely. And you know, it's, and you know, you talk about having, being surrounded by clothes. I mean, I have a wardrobe room of just clothing and about 400 plus pairs of shoes. I've realized is, you know, I don't need 500 shoes. Like I've collected what I've collected, but it's like with nowhere to go and, um, you know, really kind of simplifying life. You know, do I need 500 shoes? Do I need 400 shoes? But, you know, I enjoy every single one of them. Um, but you really, you take a step back and go, well, without places to go and, and occasions and such, there's things that are necessities and there's things that are just like nice to have. And I really don't need all these nice to haves. Like it's, it's, it's fun to be able to enjoy them, but you know, I've really been very selective now over the last year and a bit in terms of what do I add to my wardrobe and do I need it? And is there a purpose for it? And is it something that will be sustainable for a long period of time? So now, like I said, like I think all of us now question ourselves a little bit more before we do these buying decisions. And I think you're gonna see more of that in the future as well. I think that's great, but I mean, people can, I mean, we can even take that further and, and put it into our, like our own lives. Like when we, when we post or when we do our social media or when we just act as ourselves, we want to have, you know, something that lasts longer. We don't want to have like 500 posts of something that's not important, but, you know, keep the necessities, keep who you are. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's interesting. I think I'm gonna have to, you're giving me some good ideas for yeah, uh, the next I, couple of, yeah, from the next couple of episodes. So like be yeah. A smart, be a smart consumer, right? Be a smart consumer and buy what you need, 
not not always just what you want. And not to say that you can't indulge every once in a while, but you know, just being very conscious of, of our environment. And you know, the other thing too is buying local. I think if we've seen anything over the past year is the amount of tremendous support in keeping our industry going. And it's not just the fashion industry, but it's just restaurants and, you know, mom and pop shops, just really being able to invest in our own retail shops as opposed to going to these big brand online retailers and really being able to shop local so that we can keep these businesses going so they don't have to shut their doors. I couldn't agree more. And those mom and pop shops and those cool like cafes, they bring culture and life to the city. I mean, I can't imagine Toronto without like, I don't know, Dean and DeLuca coffee shop. Like I, I, you know, I don't think about McDonald's. I don't think about Tim Hortons. I think of like those little hole in the walls that are just so cool because they're so hard to find. You know, they're not out there. They are. And there's a story behind every single one of them. That's the beauty of it is, you know, every single one of these little cafes or shops or dessert places all have the owners all have a story as to how they started their business and why they started it and their passion behind it. And I think that's the one thing that you don't, you don't see from brands like, you know, Amazon or Zara or whoever, you don't see the story. Whereas these shops all have their own independent stories, which is beautiful. Exactly. And, you know, I think we all know Jeff Bezos's story. I mean, the last 10 years, but other than that, I mean, (laughs) so speaking about stories, what's your story, Claudia? Oh gosh, well, mine's a real crazy story because I started out as a math teacher of all things. And so I loved fashion when I was in high school. It was so many years ago, which I'm not going to age myself. But about I, five years ago, right? Yeah, five, I love you. You know, yes, absolutely. <laughs> five years ago. But um, I loved fashion and I was like that girl that matched the earrings with the bracelet and the, you know, had the matching socks and the bangles and all that. And so, uh, but at the time, you know, you're talking so many years ago, there weren't opportunities like there were now because there wasn't social media, there wasn't things like influencer marketing, and there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, behind the scenes things that you can do in the fashion industry. So at the time, you know, my parents who were very conservative and very encouraging said, you know, you can love your fashion and follow that passion, but always have something to fall back on. And I loved mathematics. I wanted to be a role model for other women and other girls that always stayed quiet in the maths and sciences and in class. And I wanted to encourage them to be strong in that sector uh, with STEM. So I decided to pursue uh, education in the mathematics field. And so I became a math teacher for a few years. And then um, during the summer, I would have like different jobs. And one of the jobs that I was given an opportunity to do was a marketing coordinator for, um, the, for the National Basketball Association. And so when I uh, finished school, I actually got a call from the NBA saying that, hey, we're starting you know, a new league in Canada and with the Raptors, and at the time it was the Grizzlies, the Vancouver Grizzlies, and they said, you know, would you be interested? And I thought, well, that's kind of a cool gig to work for the NBA. So I actually took the job, not realizing how long I would go in there. I figured a year or two and then go back into teaching. Well, I ended up loving it and staying for nine years. I traveled all over the world and across the U.S. Uh, going to all-star games and doing um, doing all the like, you know, NBA games and such that we they had in jam van across Canada. So there was a lot of uh, a lot of fun, a lot of opportunity. And then after that, I went into broadcasting 
And then from broadcasting, I went into publishing, which was at Flair. And then after I left Flair, I just decided, you know, I was going to freelance and be able to take on projects that I was really passionate about and loved. So that's where I got involved in Fashion Group International, which is a nonprofit organization that I, that I had. And then I also am a professor at various colleges. So I teach everything from fashion marketing to marketing, public relations. So I cover all the different things, event marketing. So I teach the next generation of students, which is funny because it kind of came full circle, right? Because Absolutely. I took my love of teaching and my love of fashion, and now I teach both. And so it kind of, it's amazing how life works and how the universe brings it back together. What a story. I mean, you could have your own one woman show. Wow. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, that's the thing. That's why I always tell people, you know, you never know the journey that it's going to take you and don't ever turn away from any opportunities because you just never know. Like if I didn't take that job with the NBA, I wouldn't have gotten into television and I was working for CityLine and, you know, City TV and I was doing a bunch of collaborations with uh, the Marilyn Dennis show and things. So I wouldn't have been given that opportunity. And then from that, I wouldn't have been able to get a job at Flair magazine. So, you know, everything has its kind of stepping stone and one leads to the next. So I always tell people, keep your, your options open and uh, don't ever close doors on opportunity because even if it's not something that you may initially think is, is down your alley or what you wanted, you may actually end up enjoying it. It might actually surprise you and give you a skill set or make connections for you that you didn't anticipate. That's amazing. I just can't believe it. I mean, you're a math professor and a fashion mogul. I mean, wow, and a model. I mean, I've seen your, I've, I've seen you run, walk, runway shows, and wow, and you know, that was my first one. My first runway show ever was like 2019, and let me tell you, my legs were shaking. I was so nervous. Well, you look like a queen doing oh that. Gosh, it was well, so good. Thank you. And so teaching and fashion and like you can teach like theory or practical or with that, is there, is there anything that you, that you teach that just can't be taught? You just have to experience it on your own. I would honestly say uh, one of the things that I think is really important is communication. And I think that's really important and also networking. And I, a lot of the opportunities that I was, was given or that opened up for me was based on networking. And I think that's so important. And that isn't something really that you learn in school. Like you don't learn the power of networking. That's something that you basically have to kind of learn on your own. But I think it's a skill set that is so critically important because when you start learning how to be able to introduce yourself and uh, meet new people and expand the group of people that you know, the opportunities come along that. And I'll, I'll tell you the story that, you know, when I decided to freelance, I was literally a fish out of water. Like I had left Flair and because I worked behind the scenes at Flair, people didn't know who I was. Like my clients knew who I, who I was, but people in general didn't know. And so I started going to a lot of fashion shows and a lot of events, and I would start introducing myself and telling people, oh, I, you know, this is who I am and this is what I used to do. And this is what I'm doing now. This is what I'm interested in doing. And so by that, there was so many opportunities that uh, came across my way because people started to see me and be familiar with my presence at different events, but also start to know who I was and what I did. And then also being able to join a really great organization, you know, is really important. If, if there's something that you're passionate about, and again, it doesn't have to be the fashion, it could be in business, it could be in anything, it could be in sustainability, whatever it is. But if there's something that you're passionate about, if there's an organization that supports that, I think that's really important because you, 
meet like-minded professionals within that sector. And that's how you also expand your networking. So I think that's really important to be able to do. That's a kind of a hands-on learning. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people are really shy and they're nervous. And I was too, like the first year I was like, I was surrounded by so many people that I had no idea who they were. But I just, every time I went to an event, I was like, okay, Claudia, today you're going to introduce yourself to two people. Then it was like, you're going to introduce yourself to five and then 10. And it's amazing because when I think back a year later, when I went to the same events, like the fashion weeks and such, instead of me introducing myself to people, people were coming up to me. And that's where you saw that change. And um, I, so that's one of the things that I always tell my students is, you know, being able to make sure that your communication skills are strong and being able to practice that because that does take practice, but also allowing yourself the opportunity to network and find a good mentor. If there's somebody that you really look up to in the industry, uh, you know, reach out to that person and have them help guide you because I think it's so important, especially with our generation now, a lot of them, they graduate and they're just lost. They don't know where to go, where to begin. But if you find someone that can help guide you or make those connections for you, that is already a huge step forward than, than others. For sure. And do you have a mentor? I do. It's actually Roger. So when I first uh, started freelancing and I went to an event and actually Roger reached out to me and said, you know, I'm having this, um, this private screening event and I want to invite you. But he said on one condition, he's like, I want you to create a business card, came up, come up with a title and you're going to bring those business cards with you to this event to introduce yourself to everybody there. And so I literally had 48 hours to come up with a business card and a design and being able to come up with a, a title of what I wanted everyone to know me for. And um, so when I showed up at the event two days later, I walked in and he was like, well, and I took out my purse and I took out the business card and I handed it to him and he was like, impressive. And so that was, that was it. And then he, you know, he introduced me to a bunch of people and Roger's fantastic with doing that. He, he does such a wonderful introduction and um, I got to meet so many wonderful people and give all my cards. And from that, like I said, I started um, being involved with Fashion Group International and then being on his board and, and such. So he was a tremendous mentor and still is. I always uh, you know, be able to praise him every opportunity that I can because he really opened a lot of doors for me, which was wonderful. And yeah, it just means so much to have a mentor. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely learning a lot from him. So you could say I am a mentee of him, but yeah, yeah no, but he's amazing. And, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know who Roger is, because we're just talking in first name <laughs> and nobody's knowing who that person is. So Roger is the, he uh, owns uh, Canif. So it's like, he runs it. It's a fashion film festival of Canada. And so, yeah, he, so he knows everybody in that industry and, he, know, he knows his stuff, so uh, he connected me with Claudia, and I'm so grateful. So hopefully Roger can come on the show soon, and uh, yeah, we can get we can hear his account for everything, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the things that he's taught me is you know, just with him and the amount of time that he gives to everyone and being such a great mentor to me personally is that like... I've learned now to do the same. So now I'm paying it forward to students that are right now that I'm teaching and ones that have graduated as well as, you know, with those that, uh, with the organization that I'm leading, 
you know, anyone who ever reaches out to me and says, you know, Claudia, I need someone that can supply this material, or I'm looking for someone who really knows social media, or I'm looking for an influencer, or I need a photographer, a videographer, like I do the connections for them. And I think it's really important because again, you know, what someone is, was able to give to me, I'd like now to be able to pay that forward to as many people as I possibly can. And especially during the last year that we've had, that's been so tough, really being able to feature, highlight, help in any way that I possibly can. That's really been my mission over the last year and a bit. And it makes you feel good too, right? You know what? I love giving back because it really is just, it's so rewarding to see people grow and flourish. And I think it's just, it's like a a pride thing, you know, like I get so proud of them when I see how far they've come. And, um, you know, if I can help them in any step of the way in doing so, then I'm always happy to do that. But it it really is, it's, it makes me so happy to see other people succeed. And, and my motto, my motto has always been that we rise by lifting others. So that's something that I stand by. um, Then I've always stood by and will continue to. I completely agree. We can't, we can't get everywhere on our own. We need people to help us. You know, I, I was that kind of person. I was like, okay, I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to do it all by myself. I don't need anybody's help. I can do this. Uh, coming from, I was, I was doing, I was in a competitive karate, a competitive karate career. And I, it was like pretty much me in the ring. So I didn't have to depend on other people. Again, I depended on my training, but I didn't really depend on anybody. But now with this podcast, I've learned network other people can help me I've got a producer in LA now and I was like okay I don't really think that I want one and then I was like oh okay I can actually use one so then it's like it's it just other people helping you just makes such a big difference you know it can make such a big difference and it also kind of makes you feel a little bit vulnerable but it it really just helps it really does It does. And, you know, it's a humbling experience because you really get to see the power of the the little things that uh, are really big to other people. And that's the thing. It's like just making one connection that can change that person's business or change that person's career path or change that person's life. And it's it literally takes what few minutes out of your day, which is nothing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I graduated, I didn't have that opportunity when I graduated uh, university or when I left high school. And so to be able to give that opportunity to the next generation of our fashion students or marketing students or PR students, I'm always happy to be able to, to lend a hand and be able to help them along their career path. So it's, it's something that's very rewarding to me. It comes back to me like in terms of like the biggest uh, reward that I could possibly be able to receive. I love your insight. I mean, come on, like who can get better advice from that? Like you're giving the best advice I've heard in so long. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Hun. Thanks. So, I mean, talking about, you know, helping other people succeed, looking at your success. I mean, you've conquered a lot of stuff and you've had your hand in so many different cookie jars. What's next for you? What, what, what could you possibly, you know, see yourself <laughs> doing next? Like what is there? You know what? I mean, I really, to be honest with you, I I don't know right now if you were to ask me. I mean, I'm finishing my term with Fashion Group International uh, this year in December. And then after that, we'll have to see kind of where life takes me. Uh, I've learned to let the kind of universe run its course and direct me on my my next steps. But um, right now I'm just focusing on finishing off my year with Fashion Group International. And then wherever the next thing is for me, we'll find out. So I'll definitely keep you posted. But 
you know, it's just really enjoying the journey and enjoying meeting people and enjoying creating experiences, memorable experiences for people. And that's, that's really what we, we try to do. We try to create programs and initiatives for our fashion community. And uh, who knows what 2022 will bring. So excited. I'm kind of excited to see what's going on with you next after December. Thank you. Thank Maybe you. running Chanel or something. I don't know. <laughs> hey, who know? you never know. I could be creating my own line. Who knows? I mean, anything's possible. I would love to see that because if it's anything like your hair and your dress right now, <laughs> I will wear it every day. So pretty. Thanks, Thanks Well, so, I mean, we've covered a lot of topics, uh, but before I let you go, I'd love to do a rapid fire questions. Okay. It's just fun. It has no reflection on the podcast. Just a silly thing I do. What is a must-have fashion accessory with you every day? Shoes. <laughs> Shoes? Shoes. What is your favorite season? Summer. One thing that you're looking forward to this summer? Uh, traveling. Who is your style icon? Oh, gosh. Uh, Alexander McQueen. Ooh. If you were to walk in one specific show, who would it be? I feel like I know it's <laughs> oh, okay, I was gonna say, are they, are they gonna, are you gonna walk in Alexander McQueen show? I'm like, no, maybe. Yeah, Chan- no, Chanel, hands down. I always wanted to, to walk for Chanel. Yeah, they've, oh, so good. I, I love watching those shows, especially like I just finished watching the Versace show uh, for the spring and summer line. It was like, oh my God, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I know, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful seeing the inspiration behind every collection. Like it's, it's so inspiring. And I, I loved Alexander McQueen's collections because they were just so theatrical and so detailed and beautiful. Like he actually had a couple of pieces that were brought here um, a couple of years back that I got to see in person. And when you look at the detail of it and the gold dipped, you know, um, detail that they put on the dresses. It's, it's just, it's mind blowing. So, I mean, for that reason, I would just be in awe of being able to see his his items um, in his larger collection. But yeah, Chanel is always a classic. I mean, it's been around forever and season after season, they just, they provide such wearable, beautiful, um, interchangeable pieces. And I just think it's just a classic. Like I've, I have Chanel pieces in my closet that I've had for over 10 years. And if you, I've, I can wear them today and they still look just as good as they did 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I can totally agree with you on that. All right. Well, thank you so much for Cla- Claudia for coming on the show today. I've had so much fun and we've definitely gotten pretty deep, but it's nice. I, I love talking about deep subjects because sometimes we just never get to. So thank you. My pleasure. Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. This is Kayla Jackson, and thanks for listening Clearing It Up. Please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave an awesome review. Please follow me on Instagram at iamkayla.jackson and tell your friends and family to do so as well. Mm-hmm.